Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Starburst Therapy Sessions podcast. I'm your host, Stella. I hope you all had a wonderful week. And for this episode, I'm going to be giving you the details on all the things that I learned while traveling alone to New York City. Before getting into the episode, I wanted to give you more details about my trip. So it was an eight nights and nine days trip and I was traveling all alone. So I was able to do everything that I'd ever wanted to do when I came to New York City. And for the first four days of my New York trip, I stayed around the Central Park area and I did a lot of the touristy things such as going to the Top of the Rock observation deck, going to Central Park, the Met, Guggenheim, and the Summit, and Times Square, watching the Wicked Musical, going to MoMA, eating Joe's Pizza in Bryant Park, and more. And for the later four days of the trip, I stayed around the Chelsea area and I experienced more of the local New York City vibe and I toured some art schools that I was interested in and I went to Union Square Park, Washington Square Park, Madison Square Park and I went to Brooklyn and crossed the Brooklyn Bridge and went to Soho and I even went to Taylor Swift's old house in Cornelia Street while listening to the song Cornelia Street, which was very epic and I went to the Chelsea Market, walked the High Line, and essentially did all the things that I wanted to do. I am trying to edit the film footage that I took while I was on my trip, so hopefully I'll make some vlogs regarding the specific things that I did during the trip, but for this podcast episode, I wanted to talk more about the lessons and the things I learned, so let's get right into that. The first thing that I learned while being in New York City is that the world is so big and there are so many unique people embracing their own characteristics, cultures, etc. I just felt the moment that I stepped into New York City that New York City is such a melting pot of different cultures, languages, and diversity is everywhere. And I really loved that because it felt really interesting to observe such a diverse array of people and looks and in languages. And it really stimulated my brain and creativity in a way because it felt like everyone is their own unique character design in a movie because they're also different. It was also the first time in a long time that I felt like more of a minority rather than the bigger majority because in Korea, even though it is becoming a very multicultural and global country, in general, it has always been more of a mono-ethnic kind of place. But in New York City, I just felt like when I was walking around, it was harder for me to just see people that looked like me even though there were a lot of Koreans in tourist attractions, like just when I was walking around, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. So it was a very weird and new feeling for me. But I felt like since everyone here is so different in ethnicity and in looks, you are accepted however you look like and wherever you come from. And it felt like everyone was just one big society and It was truly like a melting pot. And so it didn't matter where you came from, but it mattered more what you brought to the table. So it made me think about what my unique characteristics and abilities are that I could bring to the table in NYC. 
Of course, with this amazing bright side of having diversity, there is always a dark side as well. And I did experience a little bit of racism um, on the streets. So I was just walking, making my way to Central Park, and suddenly this man looked at me and started saying ni hao, ni hao for like 10 times. And it was a little embarrassing and made me feel a little sad because I just feel like some people, when they see a person that looks East Asian, they just automatically assume that we are all Chinese and they say ni hao to us even though we are all from different countries and that was just a little sad but I just know this happens not just in the U.S. and in New York but just all around the world so it's just not a New York thing but overall I just really like that in New York there were just so much diversity and how it was such a melting pot. So the second thing that I learned in New York City is that this is the hub for the most passionate and ambitious people from all over the world. I especially felt this while watching the Broadway musical Wicked. It felt so great seeing such passionate and talented people love what they do and be so good at what they do. I especially loved the actress who played Glinda. Her name was Mackenzie Kurtz, and when I looked up on the brochure, it said that she had wanted to be on Broadway after she saw Wicked on Broadway for the first time when she was nine, and she had been dreaming of this stage since when she was a kid. And I could just tell from when I was looking at her in the show that she was made to play Glinda, and then she was taking every single moment so seriously, and the adjectives that she made, and all the facial expressions that she did and the way that she moved her body was the way that a person who had wanted this from age nine would act. So it was so inspiring and I really recommend you see the Wicked musical when you go to New York because it is just top notch. I also felt like New York is a city for people passionate in all ages when I saw an old couple, a man and a woman tap dancing in Bryan Park. They were really old, but they were just looking so passionate when they were doing tap dancing and they looked like they loved what they were doing. So it made me realize again how open the city is to people passionate about things from all ages and from anywhere. And I mentioned that I did some campus tours of some art schools that I was interested in. And these art schools are schools that I was interested in during high school and middle school. And I'm not necessarily looking to apply to any of them at the moment. But I just thought that if I'm in New York, then I would just check these schools out and see what they're all about because I had never visited them and I wanted to go to them when I was in high school so I thought this was my opportunity to just check them out and at first since for some of them I did apply to the graduate campus tour and since not as much people are interested in graduate school I thought there were not going to be a lot of people in the campus tour but there were a lot of people and there were people from all over the world and so I could see how the most passionate and ambitious people are wanting to come here and and it was a really great motivation and realization that NYC really is a place that people want to come to. 
there was a really fun, funny experience uh, encounter with a boy from India as well. And he introduced himself saying that he got into his dream school, which was the Manus School of Music, and said that he came to NYC because he got in and he's going to do a concert that night. And like he gave me a handshake and we fist bump and all that, which was really funny. But this made me feel like this city is really like this hub for all talented and passionate people all around the world. And yeah, that was another realization that I had in NYC. The third thing that I learned in NYC is that it truly is a walking city. So I booked two hotels that were each close to the plans that I had for the first four days and the last four days. And so I was able to pretty much walk everywhere for my plans in about 10 or 20 minutes for each place that I wanted to go. And it was really funny in like the first few days how I noticed that people just keep walking in these crosswalks no matter what the crosswalk traffic light says. It was so funny to me at first how nobody cared about the traffic light, but later on I just became synchronized with the New Yorkers and I just crossed the crosswalks when no cars were coming. But you really do have to be careful and you have to watch out if the cars are coming. Um, Even though they usually do stop for you, it is always better to be safe than sorry. But I just noticed that it is a very walkable city. And that is a very great plus for me because I don't have a driver's license yet because I'm very scared of driving and I can get anywhere I want in Korea through a subway as well. And so I didn't have a need to have a driver's license. And I like that New York City is similar in a way that I do not need to drive and I can just walk pretty much anywhere. But there was a con that the subway is so much harder than in Korea. And I think it is because that the subway was built way earlier than it was in Korea. But the Google Maps don't update when you're inside the subway. So that was a big thing for me because I was able to get anywhere that I wanted in NYC thanks to Google Maps and for the way that they showed you where you are. But inside the subway, it didn't update. So sometimes it showed you that you were somewhere completely different than where you actually were. So one time I rode the subway and it showed me that I was in Central Park. And I was like, what? Did I get on the wrong subway? So I just got off and I realized that I was actually taking the right subway, but I had to walk again to the place that I wanted to go. And one time I took a subway that took me completely the other direction of where I was supposed to go. So the uptown downtown stations are so confusing to me and Google Maps won't give me the right information. Like the station name of what Google Maps says and the actual station names that the train passes by were different for me. So it was very uh, confusing to me. And after that mistake of going downtown instead of uptown one time, like I was supposed to go near my hotel and I ended up in Union Square that was like way down. And so after that, I decided not to do New York subways anymore. And I took Ubers when it was really far away. But I stuck to just walking if it was just 10, 20, or 30 minutes away. And it was a good thing that I was able to walk everywhere. But yeah, the con was that subway is hard. And you should really study the subway before coming here so that you don't become like me. 
The fourth thing that I learned is more related to the solo travel aspect, but is that not everything goes to plan and it's sometimes better to just go with the flow. So I think I burnt myself out on the second day of NYC after forcing myself to do every single thing on my itinerary even though I was suffering from severe jet lag. So my second day plan was going to Central Park, eating my bagel, and walking to the Met, and looking around the Met, and then going to the Guggenheim Museum. But I did not realize that the Met Museum was such a big place. And so I got super lost in the Met, and I just started to kind of have a panic attack because I felt like I was not making the most out of my time at the Met by being so lost and not knowing where to look first and how to make the most out of the Met. So I started to kind of beat myself up about not having booked a docent program before that would kind of walk me around in the best route and explain to me about these amazing artworks and I thought that I made a mistake and that was causing me a panic attack and also the fact that I was having jet lag and that I was lost and everything and things not going to plan that was making me panic so I just needed to remember at that very moment that not everything goes to plan and you can't predict and expect anything to go right exactly how you want it and I had to just make the most out of what was going on and I did kind of um, get back into my senses and I tried to not let that thought that I had made a mistake ruin my experience and the Met was having a special exhibition for Van Gogh's Cypress Works and so I focused on just going to this Van Gogh special exhibition and fully enjoying this experience because Van Gogh is one of my most favorite artists and so I thought this was an opportunity that does not come easily and so even just enjoying this special exhibition of Van Gogh was enough for me to have had a wonderful Met experience. So I just focused on that and I had a wonderful time looking at Van Gogh's works and getting to see the Starry Night painting in person and I was just so inspired by this exhibition. Even though things did not go to plan of me fully enjoying the entire Met Museum, which is actually impossible unless you spend like the whole day there. And I read on the internet that it would take days for someone to fully look at every single room in the Met. So regardless of not being able to have looked at every single room, I did get to see Van Gogh's works in detail, which was something I had always wanted to do. So I think this was a great lesson that not everything goes to plan always and you should not panic at the spot. You should just think logically what the best thing to do at that moment is and just do that. And even if it's not the exact plan, it could be even better. And the next related story that I have regarding this topic of not everything goes to plan is about how I planned to go to this acai bowl place called Playa Bowls because I really wanted an acai bowl for breakfast and I kind of had a very scary encounter with a homeless man due to my desire of wanting an acai bowl. So basically... I saw on Google Maps that this Playa Bowls place was about 10 minutes away from my hotel and it opened at 8am and so I was going to go there 
after like I woke up at like 5 a.m. but then I fell asleep again and then I had to go there around 10 a.m. When I went to where the Google Maps showed me at first, I couldn't find the door because um, it turned out that this was not just an individual store, but there were it was inside this place where there were a lot of different stores. And so I had to go through a door that connected me to all those different stores. And in front of this door was this homeless man and he was sitting on his cardboard box. And I think I was just so focused on the fact that I wanted to go in there and have my acai bowl that it didn't occur to me that if this homeless man was guarding the door, then I shouldn't have just even tried to get in. But since in my head, I had this plan of getting my acai bowl, I was just trying to look in and see if there was any way to get in. And during that process, I accidentally stepped on a little bit of his cardboard box that he was sitting on. And then he started to curse at me and saying like, stupid shit, what are you doing? And like stuff like that. And then it was so scary for me that I almost had a heart attack. And he was keep staring at me with those scary eyes, even though I was like running away. And later on, I thought that it could have been way worse and he could have been even scarier, but he did nothing but just yell at me. So I was very glad about that, but I did realize and learn my lesson that if a homeless man is guarding something and he's in front of a door, then I should not try to get in the door and I should just go somewhere else, even if it's not my plan. And so I actually did not go there and I went to another bakery called Paris Baguette, which is a Korean brand bakery. And Oh my, how glad I was to see that Korean brand bakery after that encounter because it felt like home. And so I just decided to get like a yogurt and a sandwich from Paris Baguette. And I went to like Magnolia Bakery and another acai place after that. And so I realized that there's actually another acai bowl place like two minutes away from my hotel that is even better. Than playables. Well, just what I think. But there was this another place called Juicy Cube, which had a lot of great ratings and reviews on Google Maps. But I did not even care to check if there was another assible place because in my head, my plan was just going to playables. And I did get an assible from this Juicy Cube place, and it was so good. So if I just took interest in something that wasn't in my initial plan and searched up Juicy Cube and just went there, then all of this encounter wouldn't have happened. But since I was just so stuck on my original plan, um, something like this had happened. So I realized that it really is better to just go with the flow and even especially in a place like New York City, all the places have such amazing food and acai bowls and everything. So you don't have to be so stuck on this one cafe, one acai bowl place, one pizza place. Just go anywhere that is closest to you and is more most efficient for your plan. And I promise you that it will probably be good. And so yeah, that is another story that is related to this lesson. After I learned my lesson in NYC, I did kind of become more flexible in changing my schedule according to how I was feeling on that day and the weather, my health condition, etc. And for one occasion, I did 
end up not going to the Whitney Museum that I had tickets for because I had planned to go on Tuesday but Tuesday was the day it didn't open so I ended up just walking on the High Line and going to Chelsea Market and eating Los Tacos number one which was even more healing and better and a wonderful experience for me and what I needed at that time so it's just proved to me once again that you can change your schedule and you're not bound to an itinerary, especially if you're just traveling alone and going there to just have fun and experience new things. The next lesson I learned is that I shouldn't underestimate myself and my ability to travel alone. And if you also want to travel alone, I just want to tell you that you can do it. Um, Through this experience of me traveling alone for the first time fully, because last time when I traveled alone, I started out with going with my coworkers and then traveling alone. But this time I did solo traveling from the first, um, from start to finish. So this time I truly proved to myself that I am capable of solo traveling and that I'm actually pretty good at solo traveling. I really love solo traveling because I'm able to plan each day to how I want it to be and to schedule everything in a way that takes the best routes between each place that is most efficient. And I love seeing how I completed each plan every single day. And it's such a J kind of um, thing for me. If you're familiar with MBTIs, J is the very uh, planning type of person and I am a very planning type of person. So when you're by yourself, there are less chances for the plan to become severely changed except for when there are unexpected encounters or changes in the outside environment. But for the most part, things go to plan because you're just by yourself and not with other people. So I was able to pretty much do everything that I wanted to do and spend as much time that I wanted in each location. And yeah, I really loved ticking off the box on everything that I wanted to do each day. And I updated my family on my travels every day through my Korean blog that I wrote every single day and um, they said that it was really fun to see my travels and their trust for me on solo traveling went up enormously because um, they saw how I was going to every place that I wanted to visit in a very efficient way every single day. So yeah, they said that their trust for me went up. And my trust for myself went up as well and I got to know a lot about myself through spending so much time alone and having conversations with myself and solving problems on my own and just figuring out what I truly like and dislike through all these different new experiences. So if you want to get to know yourself on a deeper level, I truly recommend solo traveling, especially in your 20s. Another thing that I felt and learned is that every day felt so magical because I planned it all out with the things that I wanted to do and did it. So I should live my everyday life even when I'm not traveling with that intentional mindset as well. Towards the end of the trip, I was reminiscing on how incredible this trip was and how every day felt so magical. And I started thinking, why can't my daily life back in Seoul be like that as well? I could just live like with this mindset of planning each day and living it to the fullest, but why am I not doing that? And 
I thought that since I was in New York and I had the mindset that I was traveling, I was kind of pushing myself to live my life to the fullest even more. And in my daily life, I don't do that because I think that there will be chances for me to do that in the future. But I realized that I can do that in my daily life as well. I can take the opportunity of me living in Seoul, South Korea and explore it more and live each day as if I'm a tourist in a new city. Having that mindset really made me more active and enthusiastic about life. So I just realized that this intentional mindset of a traveler is a mindset that I want to have in my daily life as well. So these are the six big things that I learned while being in New York City. But if I reminisce on it more, I probably could come up with 10 more or maybe 100 more different lessons that I learned. But these are the things that I recorded on my notes app during my New York City trip. The reason why New York City was such a dream city for me was because I always had this dream of moving to New York one day. And I wanted to see through this trip whether if I would actually really want to move there. And so the big question is, would I ever want to move and live in New York City? And the answer is, yes, I would want to move and live in New York City one day. Although there were some cons, there were so many pros about the city that outweigh it. And what I especially loved was being surrounded by so much art, art museums, art on the street, and passionate artists everywhere and opportunities for artists. So I loved seeing artworks from my favorite artists such as Van Gogh, Salvador Dali, René Magritte, Frida Kahlo, and more. And seeing the actresses and actors on Broadway and seeing like street art on the street and everything. So I had this desire that I want to make it as an artist and exhibit my works here in NYC one day. And so I think that I do want to live here someday for at least maybe one to three years in the future and be inspired by this city. I realized through experience that I like being alone but not lonely in a busy city like this, like New York and Seoul, rather than being surrounded by a small group of people in an intimate city. So I really did realize through the trip that New York is somewhere that I would want to move one day, even though I don't know how, maybe through an internship or through graduate school or through becoming successful and having the opportunity to like exhibit here or anything so yeah I'm just gonna keep dreaming and keep manifesting but I would want to return back to New York one day. On the plane ride back to Korea, I did watch the part 2 and part 3 of the Back to the Future movie franchise and I want to end the episode with something that Doc talks about in the movie. He says that people are so curious about what their future is going to look like but essentially the future is unwritten and you get to decide your own future and you get to be the writer of your own future. So I just wanted to remind you that if you have the desire to travel to New York City like I did, then just go for it when the timing is right. And if you live in New York City and have the desire to travel to maybe Seoul where I live or anywhere around the world, just do it because who knows where that could take you. And the possibilities and things to see in the world are truly limitless. So I personally want to explore as many places in the world as possible throughout my life and this New York City trip was the beginning of it all. And I hope you get to travel anywhere that you want to go to. 
I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode and let me know if you liked it and I hope you have a wonderful start to your new week and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye! Bye.